0: From a wide range of embroidery classes to talks and special events, the Royal School of Needlework's International Summer School offers so much. Immerse yourself in the world of the RSN with its world-renowned tuition and treat yourself to this Festival of Stitch in July and August 2024. The Royal School of Needlework is offering four ways to get involved this year you can join the International Summer School on-site at Hampton Court Palace and at the Royal School of Needlework Durham in the UK, as well as Lexington, Kentucky in the United States of America. There are also online classes available live so students can join in anywhere from around the world. There's a wonderful variety of techniques to explore for those who are starting out on their hand embroidery journey all the way through to advanced stitches. So whether you want to follow a kit-based design explore your own creativity using your own materials in a more contemporary way, or focus on developing your personal design skills, there will be a class that appeals to you. The Royal School of Needlework International Summer School classes will provide experienced stitchers with an opportunity to engage in a longer or more advanced project, while allowing those newer to the world of hand embroidery to try a shorter course to build and develop their skills. The full list of classes and more information about the Royal School of Needlework International Summer School is available at royal-needlework.org.uk with special offers for booking multiple classes and an early bird booking price available until the 29th of February 2024. Whether you're planning on attending in person, online or a combination of the two, this is a fantastic opportunity to improve your stitching skills from one of the best schools in the world. Ruth Norbury is a Swansea-based hand-embroidery artist whose gothic decay needlework pieces present solitude in a desolate environment. Ruth's work is haunting. They are pieces that have a post-apocalyptic feel to them, and yet they've got painstaking beauty built into the work. This is the first part of my conversation with Ruth. As you might guess, I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with her. One of the things I love about Ruth is that she started stitching at a young age, about five, and fell in love with it instantly. And it's been a constant throughout her life. And it's been interesting to explore her journey to becoming Gothic Decay and the process by which she deconstructs her work and how she constructs her work. And that's what we cover in this uh, conversation. Ruth's quite an introverted person. She doesn't necessarily put herself out there very much. And I think we explore that concept a bit more in the second part of the interview, which will be out next week. But she's a fantastic talent, and I love the direction her work's taking. If you've not seen her on uh, Instagram, she's Gothic Decay. If you like things like The Last of Us, if you like your work to be a bit futuristic, you'll enjoy Ruth's work. It's beautiful, poignant, and quiet. And uh, yeah, we have a great chat, so I hope you enjoy listening to it. Thanks to everybody who is listening. I want to do a cheeky shout out to the fine fellows at Watkins Paving and Landscapes Limited, based here in Crewe. Uh, if you want your landscapes doing by these boys, they're fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's not really the sort of content you expect on a Need to Work podcast, but randomly I know that they listen. So hi boys, hope you're having a good day. And indeed, if you uh, enjoy the show, any of you, whether you work in the landscape sector or any other sector... It'd be amazing if you can hop onto your podcasting platform and just leave a little review to say how much you enjoy it because that helps spread the word, which makes me feel all good inside. Anyway, I'll be back next week with the second part of Ruth's conversation. So for now, enjoy the show. Let's talk about the uh, urban decay that is your workspace there because you're having some work done, right?
1: Just a little bit, yes. We've moved into a very, very broken house, right. um, which is lovely, but... Um, the words in need of modernization have never been more true
0: (laughs) (laughs) i was looking at places because even though i own my own house and have lived in this one for like it'll be three years in april or whatever i'm still looking on right move like a guy who's still looking at tinder when he's just got engaged or something it's dreadful it's a dreadful (laughs) habit to have um but you do you see those ones in need of modification and you think I could, that looks like a bargain. Imagine the potential of that. But then I know I don't have any capacity for that. Have you guys got capacity? Are you pretty tasty in the DIY then? Uh,
1: James is good at it. My husband's good at it. Um, but uh, he he just has a go at most things that won't kill him, really. So he doesn't tend to play with electrics or gas. Right. Uh, but other than that, and roofs, things that are kind of important <laughs> if they go a little bit squiffy. Um, but he'll have a go at most things, yeah. But... Um, yeah, we we've he's got quite a lot on at the moment, so things are progressing slowly and anyone we've got to help us has been a bit <laughs> and hasn't turned up. So um, oh. things are progressing more slowly, but we have half a bathroom and half some heating now, so that's very
0: exciting. <laughs> and a
1: kitchen. <laughs> and a shower, more importantly. We spent about six months without a shower, so
0: that's good. We call that the funky <laughs> the funky era. It is hard. I mean I I've done like plumbing courses and stuff. It's it's not easy to try and tackle some of that stuff yourself. You gotta know what your limits are, I think, haven't you?
1: Yes, yeah. I think he's pretty good at that. I think it's like, well, mm, that looks a bit like a serious pipe, I won't poke that one, but
0: <laughs> Are you more of a sort of strategic <laughs> like dialogue? Find a grown up Do you sort of like just stroke your chin and go, Can you make that thing happen?
1: Oh no, 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 no I'm not like that at all. He's he's more kind of into that sort of thing. I'm quite well leave it as it is, it'll be fine. <laughs>
0: It'll inspire me. I can feel a new series of works coming on based on half a bathroom, the half a bathroom series. Then,
1: well, yes. Well, she going to sink this big for six months or so. Thankfully not in the winter. They fixed it before then. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, yeah. My next door neighbor's a builder and it's like cobbler's boots in his house because he's put an extension on. But last year they didn't have heating downstairs and it was just like triple uh, dressing gown situation and stuff like that. I think this year he's pulled his finger out so fair play to him we were just like you can come around and, and be in our house like we don't have the heating on but our house is still warmer than their house because it's like fully sealed and all that sort of stuff so I admire that uh, I've got a question for you then age six you cross-stitched the snowflake and now gothic decay discuss <laughs> <laughs> nice and easy
1: oh journey in a nutshell um Okay, in primary school, we were given a cross-stitch snowflake to do as a little, let's get the children to do something creative. Mm. Um, Mine was wrong. Mm. I decided in my infinite wisdom to put um, a space between each of the stitches. So instead of cramming the cross-stitches next to each other, I kind of, so my, Mm. it was this kind of crazy thing. Um, Then all through school... um, because you on pocket money and that kind of thing and, and kits are expensive mm-hmm. so I just sew whatever I could get my hands on so if anyone I knew had a an embroidery magazine I'd do all the you know the not really very lovely kits on the front of them mm-hmm. because it was at least something to stitch
0: mm. did the bug get you like um, straight away were you just like oh, I really like this then
1: yeah 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 I think I was maybe five six o'clock six o'clock <laughs> whatever that is <laughs> five six years old something like that. Um. And yeah, that was it. Um, so any birthdays and Christmas, all I'd ask for was embroidery kits and things like that. And mm-hmm. um, then, uh, oh, when I was about seventeen, I um I met my now husband, and I used to give him everything I made. So I started putting stencils in because I wanted to be a pathologist, not um an artist. Mm. Slight <laughs> <like> career change. <laughs> um, so uh I started yeah just giving him whatever I'd made so I would uh, color in stencils with stitch and beads and whatever I could find because I had no art background at all so I wouldn't know a pencil if it poked me in the eye. Mm. Um and it uh, um his parents or his mum his father is um is a well, was a professional wood sculptor. Right. And so she said to me once, why don't you do this for a living? And I went, ha don't be stupid. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Dear readers,
0: I married him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, then I became, uh, as my framer used to call me, the birdie lady. So mm. I used to stitch, well, I stitched whatever I could find and then um, stitched um, British birds. And then suddenly one day I went, what am I doing? I mean, I, I like birds, but I don't love birds mm. so let's try and work a way of making something i like so we lived in a narrowboat on the time at the time and i was doing a piece of work and i thought ah, i'm fed up with this and so i got a knife and i just chopped it all into pieces in, and <laughs> then wondered, wondered what the person walking past looking into the window was thinking <laughs> Didn't walk back, so i guy. sewed it all back together and then it all appeared as as you now see mm. so um yeah snowflakes to cutting up fabric with knives.
0: You did, <laughs> but you did textiles at GCSE, is that right?
1: That's right, yeah. yes. Yeah.
0: So I guess there was some the... kind of like school support. Like, what, What? without giving your age away, like what time are we talking? GCSEs? I'm, oh, uh, uh,
1: 1994. Right. Was
0: my GCSE, yeah. Right, right, right. God, um, that makes me feel, oh, I went to uni then, that's not good, is it? Um, <laughs> That's, yeah, because I'm just trying to think back to my own experience. I mean, I know that there was like design and stuff was still kind of a thing. I mean, I don't know how much it is now, but I mean, did you did you find you were obviously able to carry on with the stitching within a school context?
1: I used to, it, I was just obsessed. I just used to do it all the time. Um, and in my GCSE, there was only, you had to choose three modules, you had to do three sort of projects, for want of a better word, and only one of them could be embroidery. Right. So I ended up making um, a uh, a pattern from of a bizarre frilly knickered chicken um, as one of the projects, and um, what was the other one? Oh, as a, my father was a vicar, and I made him a stole with kind of appliqué work on it. And it's only as an adult I realised, looking back, that I'd just done a big flaming cross, which perhaps wasn't <laughs> ideal.
0: <laughs> Dad didn't really show that one off too much at work.
1: He didn't wear that uh, one. No, I was, I was a little bit upset. <laughs> oh.
0: uh-huh.
1: One of the projects, that went, one of the embroideries that went horribly wrong, I decided to try and make um, a cool dragon. But it kind of ended up looking like the worm from the Mist Men
0: books. <laughs> okay, okay.
1: I like that. <laughs> Suddenly, you get that. Oh dear! <laughs> well, that's going in the bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'll, uh, I'll keep. I'll keep working on that dragon. There's an episode of Bluey about that. It's specifically that. So that's another phrase that comes up a lot with me these days. I don't expect you to be Bluey familiar on account of I know you've got cats and not kids. I don't know whether the cats would be into Bluey, but for me, there's a lot of lessons there. And there is one whenever kids can't draw. It's about being able to draw and just putting in the practice and all that sort of thing. But it is specifically about dragons. Did any of your friends do needlework?
1: Ooh. um, No. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I just used to sit. um, I think part of it is because we all used to sit together as a family in the evening. And I mum and dad would be in charge of the television zapper mm-hmm. or at the time as the youngest child i would be the one in control of <laughs> pressing the button yeah. channel four. <laughs> to make the telly this change channel four
0: thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um and uh i've forgotten the question now i was reminiscing about pressing the button um uh where was that going
0: just about yeah so know. you would just do it at home because nobody else did yes to be at home
1: we'd be watching things I had absolutely no interest in. So we'd sort of just listen to it like the radio, in effect, whatever it was, you know, Sister Wendy Beckett chatting on about some bit of art that you'd never heard of mm. or something, and you just so in a way to keep your hands and mind busy while you didn't really have any interest in Sister Wendy Beckett. Not that there's anything wrong with, I'm sure, she is a lovely lady, but...
0: um Not when you're seven. I didn't
1: want to... No, it's... <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> it's not exactly like... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, is it? Let's face it.
1: Well, not that I've seen recently.
0: <laughs> Teenage Mutant Renaissance. You never know. pre raphaelite turtles. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's fascinating. I think when someone catches, you know, when someone falls in love with something so hard, so early. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like there's no way, really, you could have been anything else if you were going to be true to yourself. I mean, do you have? Mm. Other than listening to the kind of music that makes your nose bleed, have you got any other passions that have really been this kind of lifelong?
1: No, because despite going through various piece periods of hating embroidery and wishing I'd never started doing it as a job, um, I always end up coming back to it. It's like a sort of pull somewhere that that you know you do don't do it for a month and you go right. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to do crochet and I'm going to make patterns and I'm going to do all of this stuff, and then about a few weeks in, you start thinking, oh, "I could do some stitching. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I shouldn't hate it so much."
0: <laughs> and can you pinpoint what it is that you love so much about it?
1: Um, no, not really. It's I I find it very difficult to find things that I like in terms of the world of art, and I know that makes me sound really, really i don't know i could you know you go into a museum and you see all these wonderful pieces of paintings and wonderful pieces of art and you think well okay you know they're very clever but i wouldn't put it on my wall Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i find it very difficult to find things that i would put on my wall Mm. so i find it difficult to get inspiration from other sort of styles of work because i don't hunt them out and i don't look for them which Mm. is my own problem i um i don't pop my head up and Go, darling I'm an artist I must have a look at everything you do and, and no I'm not like that at all
0: <laughs> but that must have been quite interesting then when you were being the birdie lady because presumably although you liked those birds those weren't necessarily in sync with the sort of stuff you wanted to put up on your wall or were they no right? it,
1: no exactly they were uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say chocolate box but I mean they were just little birds doing little bird things mm-hmm. and like you say Birds in the garden, very pretty, lovely. Listening to all the birds this morning. I, I love. I do like birds. It's not a. I hate birds mm. rant at all, but I don't love them enough to want to know where all their feathers are and how wonderful they are and spend twenty years sewing another bird.
0: Yeah, no, I'm the same. Another I like bird. country cottages and I like kittens, but I don't really need to cross stitch, them. It's all right, thanks. You know, I th- and I think that's yes. fair, isn't it? That's fair because we're all different people. It's all of those things. So when you started when you first did your stabby stabby into the thing then that was obviously the part of was it just like some moment of realization or a moment of release or something or was it still quite an incremental process of going all right I'm going to move in this kind of grungy direction I wrote in my notes I wrote when did the grungy leaning start (laughs) because it feels like you just (laughs) dragged in that direction
1: yeah, well, I leaned for a while and then nearly fell off the boat, so I kind of walked
0: back the other way. <laughs> yeah. Important, don't lean far on a boat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I used, I, I remember a very distinctly uh, getting more and more fed up with doing birds, and I got halfway through a blue jay's head, and I thought, "What's the insert your word of choice here point?" Um, and threw it in the fire. Right, um, and then I had another little chaffinch. Uh, and I started looking through all the stuff I'd made and I was starting to throw it all in the all in the open fire. <laughs> and James was like, No, no, chaffinch, save the chaffinch, save the chaffinch.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um I then tried to sort of um I was trying to then experiment with trying to make things that I liked and I don't know, people were doing stuff on tea bags at the time, and I was like, oh, they're a bit more yucky, I'll do that. And oh, mm, mm, nah, nah. everyone in embroidery does flowers, I'll do a flower, oh, mm. I'll do a dead flower, oh, no. Nah, nah. And then the whole love hate thing, because I tried something new and it wouldn't work, and then I think, oh, what's the point? I don't like it, oh, stop doing embroidery, and then I want to do embroidery again. And the cycle continued for some years until I found. Um, Oh, that was, yes, doing the stabby stabby was just, I don't care. I'm going to throw some blood red dye all over some fabric. Oh, it looks terrible. I know. I'll cut it up uh, and see what happens. I can't be bothered to find my scissors. Here's a kitchen knife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> realizing that uh, the passing person was slightly concerned about my sanity, <laughs> I... um. Popped it back down on the table and popped the knife back down and thought, oh, oh, well, I've sort of ruined it now. So I'll stitch it back together. And then I started what I've since called Frankenstein stitching. So um taking two pieces of fabric and kind of random stab stitching across them to hold them back together again. Hmm. And that was the first of the, uh, the, the uh, <laughs> weird pieces that have appeared since
0: then. Because it, yeah, it sounds as though it was almost like it, it's like a a fight between what you want to do and what you've been told to do because all of the things you're yeah. saying, you know, doing birds and stuff, that's the way things should be done. And I guess that was quite a strong storyline for you. And, and, I mean, do you think that is partly because you've been doing it all those years as a kid, you know, and when you're a kid, you get told stuff and that's the way you think about stuff that sh- forms your world view. So in some ways, just the casual consumption of Mainstream flowery, nice needlework was just like this is how it has to be because you didn't yes, know any I difference, think there's,
1: yes, I think there's a lot of that, and um my natural personality is um a follower rather than a you know creative let's come up with ideas and let's do something new mm. That's not me at all. I'm, you know, we, we must find a recipe book. We must find the way that this food must be cooked. You know, James would be like, "Oh, bug it in a pan; it'll be all right." Mm. And I, no, you can't. No, it must be done properly. So it's very, very out of my character to be doing this. And I used to be a member of the Embroideries Guild mm-hmm. um, in Swansea, and there was a lady there who used to um, d- delight in putting down anything I tried to do that was new, and that wasn't very helpful. Um, trying to get me to make little felt birds and, you know, oh, just cut them out, don't look at patterns and things, just cut out a random shape and stick them together and look, hooray, you've created art. And you're like, no, you've created a sort of wonky bird Mm -hmm. out of felt that looks like a child has sort of dribbled on it. And no, Mm. (laughs) she was trying to help, but um, it wasn't very helpful because I'm not not very confident and outspoken so I tend to go oh okay I'm doing it wrong I'll 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 make some felt birds okay.
0: So when you said that you would make a thing and then you'd kind of go off it and you'd cycle back through that again is that almost like you having those versions of conversations just with yourself just going I've made a new thing I don't really like that thing no one's gonna like that thing I'm gonna stop doing this and go back to the old ways but is that is that like part of your process now do you think?
1: Um, I have a tendency to um I'm trying to think of a good way to put this up until recently between us, we were very very broke mm-hmm. very broke um you know minimum wage between us uh was way way out of our league, you know serious like lack of money mm-hmm. no heating, no holidays, no car, no nothing like that um and so in order to try and make embroideries that worked, I, I'd try something new and then I'd kind of copy the same formula because I needed to work and I needed to get it up and I needed to point at it and go, please buy this, otherwise I can't eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, which wasn't a very successful way of doing things. Um, but f- um, we're quite lucky. James has had some very good things with his work, which has been very nice and it's taken the pressure off. Mm-hmm having to make that money from it. So you can now go, what I've always wanted to do is spend hours and hours and, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks and weeks sewing one thing and then throwing dye and ink and rubbish all over it and going ta-da! And it makes no financial sense because you're not going to... I, because I can't... I don't do the marketing side of it because I'm hiding in my cave all the time, <laughs> um, can't pop up and go, here, half a million pounds, do you want one of yeah, these? Because... Yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. So I can now um, make the things I want to make and spend hours um, carefully stitching um, stem stitch after stem stitch after stem stitch all racked up together um, and then pointlessly uh, throw things all over the top so you can't see half of it anymore. Mm. (laughs) Because I obviously don't have enough... Well have too much
0: spare time it would seem <laughs> you've got the luxury of time haven't you I think that that's what's quite nice it almost feels oh do you when you're when you're making the things because there's a real deliberateness to the way you stitch isn't it you take your time you place your stitches you're very careful about that then you go and make a mess out of it to use like your own words but do you have a little word with yourself before you're about is it is it always that way it's always like there's stitching then there's like the deconstruction and the reconstruction and all that is and do you have to like slowly have lots of small words with yourself in order to just get to the end of like one of those pieces
1: oh yeah yes it's my it's my biggest um problem is my own head getting in the way Mm. um And so I, um, well, like the the buildings I was doing before were all patched pieces and then I'd machine stitch outlines and then ink and paint and add bits on the top. Uh, There wasn't much hand embroidery because it was too time consuming to financially be useful, Mm -hmm. shall we say, at the time. Um, So I missed doing all the hand embroidery. That was the thing I loved doing. But I my own mind likes to do it in a neat and tidy fashion where everything is lined up and in a straight sort of perfection kind of thing. Well, Mm -hmm. not perfection, but, you know, Mm -hmm. straight and nice as you can get it. But ultimately, then it's boring to look at. So I then want to do something with it to mess it all up.
0: I think it's really interesting. Like Like, the work's so good. I haven't even complimented you on the work, but it is so good and it's so, like... It's just like it's like apocalypse, isn't it? It's just like it's places and things, but there's anger and tension and craziness and chaos and order and all of those things. Like it's such dramatic work. Like it's really interesting to hear you say that you, you know, you go through these like insecurities and stuff because you still get them out. You still come out and you still bang them out and you still get them done. So, regardless of how you feel about yourself, you're creating these like energetic, chaotic pieces of excellence that well
1: that's that's very kind of you to say so it's um uh well yes it that's to me it gets in the way. <laughs> I'd be a lot more productive if I could shut my mind up and get on with it
0: <laughs> yeah, but the thing is i don't think i don't think like i It's weird, I don't know who you're comparing yourself to, because it feels like your process is your process, and you do the things the way you do the things, and that's why you make what you make. Because if you did it a different way, it wouldn't be like gothic decay, it wouldn't be your your fang, do you know what I mean?
1: I suppose that's kind of true I hadn't really thought about it like that it's you know it's very easy to compare yourself to the perfection of Instagram or whatever it is and just think oh why do these always work and why do they always look so wonderful and why are their photographs so good and how did that bit of cherry blossom land on that embroidery hoop so perfectly yeah, right, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> on the hundredth try or yeah
1: <laughs> um but yeah so I you know I mean of I've seen people on the train, you know, taking quick selfies of, oh, I'm on the train, and they've spent the entire journey of a good hour getting the right, oh, I'm on the train selfie. Mm, That's not me. Yeah, no. I'm a bit bit more of a, here's a quick, not very good photograph of it. Do you want it or not?
0: Mm. (laughs) But I think it's just... Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? And we all do it. You're quite right. We all compare ourselves to other people and we all see what other people are doing and assume they must be doing a better job of it. And, and, but there'll be people that look at your stuff and will have the exactly the same version of insecurities because they won't know, they won't see, you know, there's no way that you, it's not like you video your inner dialogue or whatever. So it, it, I just think it's interesting because I think people's processes are what they are. And if they change, you know, if all of a sudden you were like, yeah, and you're playing like Don't Stop Believing every month, like your work would just change and it would be a different thing and it wouldn't be like your art. Maybe.
1: Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about the, um, the process because you do a lot to do. You kind of often use photographs as a sort of starting point. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes, that's right. Yes. Um, I'm I'm in a particularly chirpy phase at the moment of uh, nuclear disasters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, chirpy Chernobyl.
1: Always a exactly. It's um always makes you fit in an embroidery group. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Somebody did actually. This is not. I hasten to add a um a a uh, uh, a nuclear disaster piece. But uh, one of the ladies did come up to me in the guild and said, you know you're the only person I've ever known put blood spatter in an embroidery?" <laughs> 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 Aww. Aww. <laughs>
0: Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> nicest thing I've heard all day.
1: I know. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yes, chirpy phase. Um, but I've got a piece on the, on the go. That's that. Oh, this must be the fourth time I've tried to make it work. Um, and uh, yeah. That's that's a piece based on some music. So that's because I was going through a, doing pieces based on music phase. Right. Uh. So it's still in the going because as I say it's been taking so long to actually make it work but it's getting there now Mm. and it will have blood spatter all over it
0: yeah (laughs) I mean do you do you you keep your iterations because they're like I don't know I can't think of any specific artists but you know like your classic artists would be like this is a phase this is a series of works it's like an evolution like do you hold on to them in that way or do you feel like some of these works are like not almost for public consumption because it's it's part of a work in progress thing hmm.
1: I don't know I kind of I hope anyway I'm kind of honest about it if I'm doing like workshops or videos or something you know the the technique is basically oh, well, let's let's stick this stitch this down all we need to do is put some stitches until it stops wandering off it's not because there's a lot of, oh, how, you know, the, the magic and the mystery of how embroidery has been done and things. And you think, mm, you stick it, stitch it until it stops pushing off, stops dropping off in front of you. Mm. So I'm, I don't think I hide much if that's, um, other than my insecurities, but then... <laughs> think if I just whinged on about those every day you'd be like oh upload to Instagram oh I'm insecure oh I don't know no one must do it
0: <laughs> there are there are different marketing messages it's true it's true but yeah I just wonder like because one of the things I wrote down when I was spinning through your work I, I was trying to work out whether you're building worlds or whether you're just making individual pieces, whether in your head there's a sort of some big theme that hasn't necessarily been fully realised, but you're starting to get a sense of what's going on there, or whether you're just like, here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea, and they're sort of isolated.
1: Um, they started kind of isolated, and then they sort of ended up, I think often there's quite a loneliness aspect to it. Um you know, imagining what a building would be like if, if you were actually in that ruined building because the world had all gone to pot and you have to, you know, that's all you've got for shelter. And, you know, what's what's useful now, for example, you know, I don't know, a diamond ring, pretty pointless, but maybe yeah. a tin opener is now, you know, the the world's best item or the most sort of valuable thing you could find. I don't know, me- basic medicines or something like that. So I think there is a kind of... um a lot of people say they're either a bit creepy or sort of lonely sort of feeling, Mm which I hopefully try and that's how they're supposed to be. But, you know, (laughs)
0: yeah,
1: (laughs) it's not always what actually happens.
0: And I mean, that's, that's because it's quite, it's quite a bold thing, isn't it? To go, do you know what? My needleworks are, they're creepy and they're lonely. And that's quite a decision to sort of take. Was there a point when that felt like that was the way it was going to be, like when you went when you made this tra- kind of transition, or was it more like experimental techniques and trying those things out first, and it naturally evolving in that direction? Like were you being pulled yeah, in a particular it's, it's, way,
1: naturally going that way. I think you know, and I've got a list of of things that I find interesting in my little book down here, and a few of them are cheerful. <laughs> Um, but I I would never dare do them because I had to sell them. Otherwise, I couldn't pay the gas bill. I didn't want people to see all the bad things that seemed to go on in my head. Well, no, that's not bad. The the things that interest me are not generally terribly chirpy. So um, I didn't think that people would like them. And putting the very first abandoned building out there was, was really hard mm. because everyone knew me as the birdie lady who would make a nice little... Cute little blue tit sitting on a rock, going, "Oh yes, hello, I'm a cute little blue tit." And now there's an abandoned building with all kinds of grotty stuff and um, graffiti all over the wall, or something like that. Um, yeah, so it did just slowly develop. I mean, there were there was about five years in the middle of bird to gothic decay, I suppose, of just terrible things, terrible, terrible things. Of I mean, a lot of learning. Mm. <sighs> but that's a lot of learning for five years. And you think, oh, what's the point? I'm never going to be able to do this. And suddenly you think, ah, maybe this is where I want to go. And I also, I suppose, because I don't pop up and I've always been scared of being influenced by the things that were sort of um, happening at the moment. You know, this latest potion of of, um, textile wonder that everyone's using and now everyone's making bags or books or whatever it is. I've always been scared that I sort of go down that road so i for some reason just don't look at anything now i hide from it all and that's not really very useful because you can learn a lot from what everyone else is doing mm. but i um, uh i mean it, it's been helpful i suppose in some ways but you could probably have taken a few shortcuts by going oh i well, wish he's done there mm. <laughs> i'll borrow a bit of that <laughs> I think we all get but, yeah. our heads
0: turned don't we with with a new idea or you know an artist catches your eye and you really admire their technique and you want to find out about it but I think is that not also just part of the journey you know trying things feeling how they fit within what's resonating within you and either sticking with them or discarding them
1: I think it probably is but I think because I as I said to you before I'm kind of a, a follower rather than a person who comes up with ideas I was a bit concerned I would follow too much and you know make the same things that everyone else was making at the time um I think so I yeah I, I and it it doesn't really make any logical sense but
0: no 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 it does I just but, but but do you know what because so I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you if that's all right, because you're not a follower, because you're doing your gothic decay thing. And I don't see that as necessarily following anybody else. I mean, I can see that there are themes, you know, like post-apocalypse, there's lots of resonant kind of stuff for you to kind of lean against or whatever. But maybe that's what's interesting is that you aren't following anybody. And so therefore the thought of looking at somebody else's work might pull you away from this path that you're treading.
1: Mm, yeah yeah I think that's that's it yeah no I just um it's it's a sort of well like I say I I realize I'm I'm I find it would find it very easy to not copy that's but you know Mm. follow Mm. so I mean like I know I have to be kind of careful what I say here but um we can edit it out lockdown (laughs) lockdown was obviously a horrible thing for a lot of people Mm. Um, it made no difference to us because we were always in the house anyway, mm. really. Um, but going outside in the first couple of weeks when there was nobody there was heaven. <laughs> it was like, uh, it's not like I don't like people. It's not, <laughs> that's not what I mean. Okay. But there's a lot of aspects of the world I'm not that keen on. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why the post-apocalyptic stuff kind of appeals a bit more that, you know, it's not about whether your car is a, bmw or a bentley or you know you've got a promotion at work or you're you've got whatever or this that and the other thing that's it's, it's a lot more uh you become um i suppose humans together rather than competing against um pointless things yeah that doesn't no no no
0: no, no i don't no, know if i'm making does, any it sense it does make sense is it's the same reason that sometimes people will do like the Canadian tundra or something. Do you know what I mean? Like there are lots of people because where we want to strip away like humans as consumers and get back to humans being a part of nature. And sometimes mm. you have to take away all the humans just to allow, say, say with your pieces, you know, the one-on-one interaction between the viewer and your work is something that strips all of that away. And it does, it, it kind of will make the person think, how would i react in that situation if everything's taken away if you if you strip away my ability to go and uber eats some mcdonald's like what kind of person are you left with and i think that's that's quite a profound thing
1: mm. yes you, you seem to be very good at getting into what my brain is thinking <laughs> even if i don't quite know it so yes
0: where, <laughs> they pay me the big bucks well you do <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining me on another needle exchange i hope you enjoyed the show i'd love to hear from you so feel free to email hello at needle.exchange that's n w d l dot exchange with any thoughts comments or feedback and if you want to keep up with all the news sign up to the needle exchange mailing list at bit.ly bit.ly forward slash needle exchange see you next time